So, Nikki, last episode you mentioned that um, you're very much open to the idea of making people feel uncomfortable because why the fuck not? <laughs> like honestly, like who, who cares? Like well, but if you if you haven't listened to the previous episode. Um, you were talking about like when someone asks you, uh, "Hey, how are you doing?" And you're you're you said that you're very much like you're very honest with people, and you said like if I'm feeling like shit, you you you're very much. I like say to be it. transparent to yeah. people because yeah. like that, like I feel like they don't fall in that monotony of being just polite and going about your day because you're just ignoring what's going on around you when you do that. You just be yeah. like on autopilot. Yeah, and taking people out of autopilot makes a difference every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I say a lot of stuff, um, like bluntly. <laughs> I say a lot of blunt stuff. Uh, but I mean, I st- I still stay away from some stuff, some stuff. You know, like I'm not gonna say, you know. No, you know your oh, timing. Yeah. You're not gonna. You gotta time it. Yeah, you gotta yeah. time it sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you can't be around, you know, walking on eggshells and shit. Like, I'm not just not gonna disclose my whole mental health to like some white person that asking me how I'm doing because I know you don't give a fuck my homie and that you're not gonna do uh, nothing after that at least like I see a regular person and they get a reaction by my answer they've been impacted now they're thinking about it now it's gonna create conversation mm-hmm. like you're not just gonna be like hey do you wanna talk about the world of communism <laughs> to like a Keynes and like just walk inside there and begin talking to the white manager like that's not gonna work <laughs> so it's making people comfortable that you, when you make an impact not just randomly yeah. I guess yeah but I like making people uncomfortable I try to do on Facebook all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I guess I have a little bit of, I like I make people uncomfortable regardless um, <laughs> but, but like I just don't do it when I feel like it's gonna lead to like a physical confrontation you know what I'm saying oh wait yeah that's the only stop? stop that's the only stop I have like okay if I I'm, I don't want to fight you know but <laughs> so, so I'm not gonna me. I'm not gonna say fighting words you know what I'm saying but I'll say everything else plainly, you know people don't like me sometimes wait <laughs> Wait, what are the things that you say? So, like, I'm not going to tell somebody that they're a bad parent, right? Oh. Because that's going to be a real big problem. But they probably are. But if, but I'm not going to say, you know, oh, I, you know, I think kids having uh, phones is a good idea. No, I'm not going to say that, you know. Even if they say, I'm like, no, I, I disagree with that. You're crazy. <laughs> you're you're going to make it, like, okay. I get, I, I, get, I get what you mean. You know what I'm saying? You're going to try to make it less confrontational, but still bury the point. Yeah. But only on certain things, right? Yeah. Like, for example, I'm not going to say for, for like, maybe see what's in a, what's a different thing. Uh, like, something that I say that I feel like people don't like when I say it was, like, when, uh, when uh, I tell people, when they're talking about their job, and I'm like, yeah. Don't be too invested in that, man. It's all bullshit, you know? They're, <laughs> they're saying you bullshit, you know, that whole family shit. It's mm-hmm. not, you're not doing anything good. Like, uh, you're not. People get automatically bothered her because that's their, that's what they think they're doing with their life. Yeah. That's so, their identity. Yeah, yeah. that's that. Uh, exactly. So, like, people get bothered about that stuff, you know? But I don't, like, I'm not, I don't even, like, a little bit 
lessen it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like certain things, only. <laughs> yeah. They could fight you for that too. Though. They could, but it's a lot less likely, you know. But it's. I don't not, know. Not My sister was deal. fighting me because of it. I was like, your jobs. If, I, if it starts happen. escalating, you know, then you're shit. I'll be like, all right, let me shut up, man. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be willing to fight with family. It gets to fighting. I don't care. Like, you want to put your hands I'm going to make you understand, my homie. I'm trying to help you. I love you. You're my family. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's the line, I guess, when they're trying to fight you. All the random people. Yeah. All right. So... Segwaying from from this this conversation, do you think this mindset of making people or making having the willingness to confront people is that a good mindset to have? Say you're a comic. Yes, because then if you have the mindset that you are willing to make these people uncomfortable, that means that you have to have the knowledge to back your arguments on what you're making them uncomfortable. So you will keep uh, getting yourself educated on these topics to keep improving like the world. Because like if you don't talk about it, then who the fuck is going to talk about it? People are just working. They just need to buy food next week and get insurance for the car. Yeah. They're really not talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is a good mindset to have if you call yourself a communist. It is preferable, I will say. Yeah. Because like, I remember... It was like there's many instances that I didn't confront people, and um, well, because I felt like I was reluctantly a communist before, because where I that's another thing, but um, that's another thing. There's like I grew up. It's related. It's related. <laughs> I I my my high school, my elementary, my upbringing was very anti-communist. Mm. There's a lot of anti-communism in mm. my family. Mm. not my immediate family my relatives uh, they're very much like ah, there there's like a run it was weird it, <laughs> it was so weird there's like this running joke when i was little that my uncles like just did on me like hey uh, you know you know what good news happened today oh yeah fidel died <laughs> and we we're like I, i'm looking back like you know, like they they always like they always like laughed and they were like happy whenever we did that but me being like six or seven i didn't i didn't know what the hell i was talking about so but now i'm like damn that's a weird one that is weird it is is weird initial (laughs) it's very initial but um like coming from that upbringing and now that i'm saying that oh i'm a communist now yeah (laughs) i love fidel that I I was I was actually sad when he died, uh, but me um, too. <laughs> and I wasn't even a communist. Then. <laughs> but um, now think, looking back, I'm I'm still having like like events that I just I struggle at confronting people or making people feel uncomfortable. Like it depends. Like if I make my friends uncomfortable, eh, I don't give a shit. They know that I'm a communist. They know where I'm coming from. But like. There are certain instances that I'm talking, like talking to certain people, and they have like they come from they come from certain like they like there's like a conversation I had one time with a coworker, and he was he always talked. He seemed like he was like um, he struggled with 
paying bills. He lived in an Airbnb because he didn't he couldn't even afford rent. If Airbnb was cheaper for him. If so and like the Airbnb was like a shared apartment with other people. It was weird. But No, um, it's not. They have a lot of those in Arizona. Really? You rent a room in a space where Everybody pays like $200 and it's like limitations of the spaces that you can use in current and timing. But that is really common here in Arizona. Because of rent. Wow. You just re- it was just renting a room? Yeah, yeah it was like, just uh, a room. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing that? No, it's not the same. Uh, I know what he's talking about. With Arabian bees, they have like, uh, it's more beneficial for the landlord because they get more benefits out of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he would always tell me, like, man, I wish I could eat better. I wish I could, like, um, sleep. sleep better. I wish I could have a car. But um, he doesn't have a kitchen. He doesn't have a parking lot. I like a parking place. Like, he always had to use the bus. And it was just like, damn. I, I, I don't want I don't want to be like, oh, capitalism sucks. But, like, because I, I didn't want to alienate him immediately. But I kind of, like... I got the answers out of him, but um, there's been other instances where I struggled. So you struggle because you don't want to make somebody bored than you wish for them. That's for having empathy. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. Um, but um, they will keep having the struggle. So it is difficult to mention that to the people that you see struggling because you know the reasons. And when you give them the answers, it's not really going to help yeah. them. Um, but I would recommend when you encounter this kind of people that you know the answers and you want to give them to them, but they're struggling, try to get them resources. Try yeah. to get them, like, it is resources out there in, like, community organizing and all of that. So that's where we come from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The people like us. So you can not say nothing at the moment, but try to do something to affect their way of living in a more positive way so you can introduce the answers that communism to them. I do think that when it comes to movements that are going against them, you know, being uncomfortable is like they go hand in hand. And, you know, where we are now in society, pushing back against capitalism is going to be uncomfortable for a very long time, just the same way as women's rights were, the same way as LGBT rights were. It's going to be one of those real one of those things that have to be talked about when we're talking about communism and when we talk to new people that want to come in because they're gonna face that for hopefully not too long but and already people are feeling discomfort for living a shitty life so um people that aren't feeling comfortable on and people that aren't feeling discomfort are the most privileged they're the ones that benefit from capitalism so um exactly yeah but i think it's interesting how the ones who are like living the most comfortable lives they they want to avoid encountering like those who are like living like more uncomfortable lives like that makes like seeing people living in poverty makes them uncomfortable yeah (laughs) that um that's why they paint the favelas in brazil uh colorful um they pay the more part, the poorest parts of Brazil, very colorful. So when people go vacation to this wonderful, uh, tropical, beautiful Latin country, they don't feel uncomfortable to see the poor people that they're cast by. Yeah. They're disgusted, yeah. colonizing tourism. And you think that's because they feel guilty? And uh, no, I think they just don't wanna have to deal with it. Mm. 
I don't feel if they feel guilty, they will work towards making that not a situation. Because I, I guess like I will consider like you guilty, then you have some like culpability, or does that not go hand in hand? No, I'm just confused. It's a question. It does, that go it does in go in hand in hand. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that it had to go hand in hand. You feel guilty, like you gotta, you gotta just collaborate so this doesn't happen no more. But if you're just painting over it, it's like when landlords fucking paint over the the motherfucking jackbox. Like nobody cares. They just don't want you to know that that was a kind of dirty. But they don't feel ashamed. They don't feel guilty. <laughs> they just want to cover it up. Well, how good are y'all at expressing yourself or making people feeling? <laughs> I'm pretty good at it. You're pretty good at it? <laughs> Do I pretty good at it? <laughs> I, 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 I was sensing you. <laughs> yeah. Charisma, I whatever. I don't think I am. I don't like making people feel uncomfortable. Mm. I don't know, it's like, uh, I immediately want people to be alright. You know, it's like when, uh, <laughs> um, you mean, know, yeah, like that's I'm, also good to Sometimes I revel in, in the uncomfortableness, you know? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it gives you power. Yeah, it gives you power. Go then, Diego. Yeah, what? Well, power. I was thinking it's like hearing, like, a, like a mother hearing a child cry. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I have to <laughs> adult this person. Yeah. yeah. I mean... You know, it depends on the situation, I guess. It does depend on the situation. You never like, talk to me anybody about politics mm-hmm. and somebody's disagreeing with me, I feel like an energy, you know? <laughs> you feel I, feel like, I feel like energy, you know? Um, especially if I'm winning. Uh, <laughs> winning. Winning. Winning what? <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> the argument. And I always have it, especially if I'm right. Um... But, but like, you know, I don't like hearing people being sad and shit, you know? I want to be okay with it. Yeah, because I was wondering, like, well, what's the purpose of making someone feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Well, does that help them, really? I, well, usually... Sometimes, yes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It depends, like, really. Uh, like, on the internet, right, you're like... Uh, sometimes you'll have conversations, like, arguments online, mm-hmm. and... Usually, I, if I'm having an argument online, I'm not arguing with the person. I'm just, like, trying to make a point to the people reading it. Yeah, um, that's that's definitely... Yeah, it's uh, a performance. It's a performance, yeah. Almost like that. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Actually... I don't do that. I try when I have arguments with people online. I actually try to make them and, like, have conversations with them and see where their point of view come from. So I try to, like... Uh, even if I disagree with them, I try to let it make them see what I'm seeing, regardless of their opinion. Mm. Uh, okay. So they can at least be like, well, that makes sense. And when they be like, that makes sense, even when they're not agreeing with me, that means they're now thinking otherwise. Mm. I, I don't agree. I don't think that... It is a lot of work. But I don't think people, I don't think people through discussion can do that. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe the way you do this. That way, the I, way I, you I, do I, it, I, <laughs> yes. Maybe I don't have the pa- patience to do that. It is a lot I'm of saying. work. People of and color shouldn't think, have yeah, that I job. Think, I don't but... think uh, it's productive in, in any way. Like, you know what I'm saying? In the last Like, short. I don't want to... Oh, like putting in effort to try to reach out. Yeah, because, like, I read about that guy, you know, that, like, used to go and befriend uh, 
KKK members and convert them. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, no, not like that. I've seen him give, like, a TED Talk. Yeah, yeah I've seen him. With, uh, he, gave, he gave a TED Talk <laughs> oh and shit, God. right? Um, Anyways, he converted something no. like 80-something people or something oh, like that. Yeah, Good. but that was over, okay. like, what, 40, 50 years? Holy oh, no, fuck shit. yourself, dude. I'm not, I don't have time for that. <laughs> right? I, I I want change. But what would you, you have? Could've, you could have convinced so many more people than right. those 80 people. Yeah, I just don't feel that's the way you convince people anyway. Okay. You know? What would be the way? The way is Convince like, people that are near, but... Yeah, yeah. You can, that's the only way... Like, the only way you convince people that way is they're already near. Oh, right? Okay. The other people, the way you convince them is by having power, unfortunately. <laughs> well, well, I'm thinking convincing people that are near that doesn't reduce the amount of KKK members. I mean, no, it won't. It won't. It won't. But can but talking to the KKK members won't be, change anything. Really, but they he, need he, to he, die. What he, are you talking he, about? The KKK? No, no excuse. They, I mean, like, well, he ended up actually making them not KKK. He, yeah, but yeah. only eighty-three. Yeah, yeah, how many more people became KKK members in that time? Yeah, way more. Thousands. You know? <laughs> Thousands. Yeah, this is... Oh. Wow. That effort that he attributed could have been... Could have went towards people, like, convincing people to, like, be, to become more principally... Like, much more... Um, have a better line in politics. But he decided to de- dedicate all his time, all of his... Resources. All, all of his resources to convince just these... 83 people. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, I actually think that matters a lot, though. I don't 80. think so. It's like, 83, think yes. That's, when, that's... when have people ever changed stuff that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, as an individual, but what if there was a lot of him? But like how how like when he's not a group when, he's not encouraging group, other people. When to do has that, that ever happened? Because I'm know? thinking like on an individual. When has level, a group has ever done that? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But like, <laughs> as an individual, have you like changed the lives of 80 people? Probably way more than that. As just you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in your lifetime, you mm. encounter mm. thousands of people. <laughs> I don't think I could make the same claim. You no. think you can no. make the same claim? Okay. Well, not from changing people from being KKK. Members. <laughs> oh right, no, right, right, just changing right. people, no. Just influencing people. Influencing. But like, what does influencing people mean? Like, <laughs> changing their minds. I mean, give about how many people listen to the podcast. How many was that already? You know. Who knows. Yeah, who uh, knows? Who knows? Who knows? I, mean, <laughs> I, I think I'm wasting my time by talking to people online, I guess. Yeah. I'm not doing that no more. <laughs> well, I think this what is empowers better. you and what empowered you when you're talking about politics is that you guys have knowledge behind your claim and you know what you're talking about. So no, when yeah, I you feel guys... sad about people when they say shit stupid shit online. <laughs> yeah. This because is a you know the facts. Yeah. So like, that's why when the question is brought up of, are you able to confront me personally? I'm I'm not a very con- confrontative. I can't confront very well oh, unless okay. I know what I'm talking about. So I think that's what limits me is because yeah. well, I don't. So you shouldn't. Be, yeah. Yeah. Know what you're yes. Well, yeah. No. But, but then also, but I mean, I agree with that. But then also, like, how are you gonna know? <laughs> how are you gonna find out what you know until you well, confront people no it, that, like for example what? one of the things sometimes I get into arguments about yeah. is about like um, abortion right and like right. pro-choice 
pro um, life. What is pro conditioning that even? No, but like the well, thing you want to control that, women's body. Let her finish. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so like in that situation, I'm able to defend myself because I've researched and I've not researched, but I know what I I know fundamentally my idea behind it. So right. it's like if I feel like if I'm strong and I feel sturdy, if I, like kind of like a trunk. Then yeah, I will be like you, and I will be like you, going yes. against people. You know, not going against people. I feel, I feel that right because I. But sometimes I do it even I feel uncomfortable because <laughs> because I want to be challenged and like all right, yeah. this is gonna force me to like actually. Even when he wrong, he be really strong in his opinion unless oh, wow. he's proved wrong. And then he be like, okay, then I'm wrong. I said this. Oh no, I but he be strong the whole way. I I get scared. <laughs> me too. I'm like, fuck, I'm wrong, shit, bro. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait hold on. You admit it. Wait, are you willing to admit you you're I'm wrong? Scared. Every time he's wrong, he and me he's wrong. But that okay, okay this whatever they go. But okay. that doesn't happen very often. You okay. know, <laughs> he be knowing what he's talking about. But whenever he's wrong, he have always accepted and he be like, okay, I guess I'm fucking wrong. <laughs> because typically for me, <laughs> because I'm I'm like I'm like Franny, like I, I I'm scared. Like when I when I don't know my shit, I'm like. I, I don't know. Yeah. But um I but when I know it, I'm like hella stubborn and I just yeah. like I I I think about it and then when I realize that oh shit I'm wrong, I have to say that I have to wait like thirty minutes or like <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay, re yeah. myself. I'm yeah. re I mean, that's valid. That's, that's valid. So you know, funny. you need to yeah. compose yourself together. Or you'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah, should have not said that. Sorry. No, <laughs> I, be, I, be, I be wrong pretty often, to be honest. Me and Diego have plenty of conversations on the daily. And I be saying some stuff that be like, mm, that was some bullshit I said. That <laughs> yeah, and then you fix yourself because yeah. that's what you gotta do. But I can fight even when I don't know what I'm talking about. Then I find out what the fuck is going on. So I know next time I have to talk about it. You're working through it while you're arguing about it. Yeah, every that. time. <laughs> it's like the facts are giving me the confidence to then make things uncomfortable. Like, well, yeah, Does that make sense? That's how I feel. It's like yeah. you only fight when you know you can win. Well, no, like, I, I, I've been wrong, but it's oh, just, really? it gives me the confidence okay. to dispute my view. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if yeah. I feel like I'm not, don't know my own view, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to be, unco- I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Mm. But, but the moment I do, it's like, I can have a debate. I can talk. I can go through it because I'm understanding what you're saying because I've already analyzed what I'm trying to say. I see. Because I'm, I, I, at one point, I've always heard this. It's, you're listening to understand, not listening to respond. So mm-hmm. I want to, and for me, in order to do that, I need to know my shit first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One time I got this person at uh, my at my job. He was a white man. He was on like hysterics. I was training him on toes. And we were just talking about stuff. And he was like, oh, you know, I heard about this uh, uh, child marriage, uh, that guy uh, uh, to be legal in India and whatnot. And I was like, it is legal right here. It happens all the time. Because I know that it happens, like, with uh, church permission most of the time uh, oh, to minors, yes. parents, with selling their kids. Oh, in America? Yeah. yeah I was Wait, like... When? What do you mean, when? When? All you the time, marry, still, marry, today. They marry children. And... You can marry somebody with their parents' permission if they're under 16. 
Wait, where? Wait, wait, Here in America. How much? How? What's the like what? threshold for how young? Wait, yeah, you didn't. Twelve or fourteen. So I guess like, I'm making you uncomfortable right now. You okay, Mary? Uh huh. Making you comfortable right now. That's happening right now. Yeah, this is new for me. I didn't know this was a thing what? in America. What? Oh, yeah. Like a lot of Mormons do it. Hold on. I thought there was a case where, um, like it was a 24 year old guy got uh, impregnated a 12 year old girl, and then the hospital, um, ended up. Um, pretty much calling the police, and then he I saw, tried. I saw that case. Even though his parents gave permission, even though his parents are that like, is Fine. a twelve year old that went to a hospital pregnant by her uh, by herself, and then he show up at the moment that the twelve year old was pregnant without the parents' supervisions, and she got into a hospital that need to be reported. So, but the would... marriage would have been legal oh. if it was affected. It was not affected. He impregnated oh. a child. And it was accepted by the family. So it would have been different if they would have gotten married first. And it was religious exceptions, especially, but the little case. Then it would Wait, have religious fine. exceptions? Oh, okay. Yeah, because you can't marry within, like, your religion and, like, family, right. you know. And, like, Mormon people, like you were mentioning, yeah. I think, I don't know about Amish people. I don't Wait, know. hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Wait, the age of consent changes with religious exception? No, if they're know. married first, like they have to get married first, and then what the do fuck? Sexual. They so have in to be married. Yeah. Uh, marriage per- consent law change for religious obsessions. Oh my god! So with parental consent, the lowest uh, states are New Hampshire and Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts has with parental consent, you can marry at twelve. Uh, in New Hampshire at thirteen. What the fuck? But and yeah, dude. Was- the next one is uh, Missouri what? at. Oh, wait, no, California, which doesn't have... Limit? H-limit? Yeah, Probably H-limit no. with parental consent. It Hold doesn't up. have... It doesn't? That means you can get married before you... Uh, when you're a child and California. then... Hold up, hold up, hold up. What's Arizona? Age, they give it to the husband. Oh, oh, Mississippi also doesn't have a, 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 a bottom. Wait, can you get married in when, Arizona? Yes. When you're like consent two? Is 16. In those states, sixteen. You You're sixteen. That is a problem in be uh, with the thing that women are considered still property in the larger eye of things, uh, especially with relig- religious exceptions that are more based on Christianity. So yeah, you can get married when you're two years old and then be given to your husband at the age of um. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Most states have a minimum a marriage age for minors with parental consent ranging from twelve to seventeen. However, California and Mississippi have no minimum ages. Massachusetts has a minimum of 14 for boys and 12 for girls. Why, would it, well, why should it be different? For, uh, for uh, It's weird because in all the other ones, even if like Massachusetts, uh, parental consent is 12, but men can only be 18 and up. What the fuck? So wait, so it's only for the... Re- only women. Only women. Or, or girls. Yeah, actually. girls. Yeah, only girls. Women. Only girls can be married with. Is the same as sex trafficking, in my yeah. opinion? Which is yeah. Like, yeah. Child marriages. Child Holy marriages shit. is the same as sex trafficking, in my opinion. But yeah, the guy was mentioning about the India thing, and I was like, that happens here, and he got extremely upset. He was like, this is America. This is not happening here, and I was like, you could look it up. Do I internet your phone? <laughs> and he was like, know? yeah, he like left. He, he, he was like, I'm quitting today. <laughs> and yeah, I was willing to make that man uncomfortable regardless of if I was going to get fired that day. 
But I was like, this is too racist to be listening to it right now. Like, this happens everywhere, homie. Because the knowledge was with you. But, yeah. Well, you I, I, I thought that was general knowledge. And this was very surprising to me right now. Um, that's yeah, we're, we're surprised. I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know this. I didn't know well, about religious exceptions. I didn't know. Well, do you know about, like, all the countries? Do you know about countries? it, in, like, globally or just in Oh, in, in the United States. Okay. I mean, you. there's Colorado town up here where it's all full of Mormons and they, like, they all have a bunch of whites. Even though it's illegal. Yeah, that's illegal. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't. they're all underage, too. I, I didn't know about it because of the case I saw with the 24-year-old and the 12-year-old that he's, he's going to get arrested and, and get put in jail. So I thought that didn't exist, but now it makes sense. If they would have gotten married before, it, it would have been fine. It would fine. But it wait, wait, wait. Still... Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. So, for example, say a 24-year-old man marries a 12-year-old girl and... They they have they have Consummate. a, a offspring. They, they have they have offspring. <laughs> that wouldn't be considered as statutory rape. No, they're married. They're consent, and they have a relationship. What the fuck? And yeah. they're women, unless, so they're property. Unless, unless she like um, accused them of, of abuse rape. of rape. Yeah, which is like very unlikely because they're you know a child. So wow, and okay. they're being manipulated by an adult. All right. So it happens here in the U.S., you know, California and Mississippi. <laughs> Other countries, Dominican Republic, yeah. very often. Wow. The farms. You know, the arranged made arranged made arranged arranged marriages in in India traditionally not supposed to be between a child. Yeah. And uh, and. Uh, a man anyway but know? it's so funny to, that was so funny to me because he was like talking about it how it was a huge thing and he was like I mean but it's like it's a more transactional in India like between two adults you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like this whole yeah. like the the whole thing about like marrying off a child like that started off because um, fucking the British uh, would like I know, thought that started of off because of uh, like realty like families like people with like burgundy power I don't know how how you call that. The people are kings and queens and dolphins. They're monarch people. Like they will ma- they will get married way earlier than uh, people that were just peasants. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in, like that was only that was in Europe or in Europe. It was not anywhere else. No, like the like I don't I haven't heard of India, but I don't think there was a big um, culture of uh, child marriage in India. So the, oh, like in, the white rich people made well because that that came out of like you yeah. know the Romans and the the Romans and the the Greeks right so they they had a big culture of pedophilia uh, and that kind of fell apart during the Roman times uh, like the kings and queens are still like they're like that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but like there's a line there you know because in the Ro- the Roman times they thought that um, relationship with boys was okay little boys. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, you read about it in like Sparta, like any any like if you read uh, anything about Sparta and stuff, like the um, <clears throat> there was like a caste system and like basically the 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 upper um, ranks of society, which were the soldiers in Sparta, like the actual people that got trained to be soldiers, uh, they had like squires 
which would be like literally just like a, a boy that they would fuck and stuff. And that, that sounds very savagely. And they would like clean their armor and stuff. What and like people fuck? try to say that it's like it was a romantic relationship, but it's bullshit. But it's like no. they were like twelve years Hold old, up. bro. Yeah. They were raped. Oh my god. I mean, and all that, like all that stuff, kept going up until the Romans. You know, like they had this kind of same similar cultures. And supposedly the West is the civilized one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I, from what I've learned, I don't think I wonder was a if that's where in China the church... or in India. I, I don't think I've heard of that. So. I mean, I believe you. I, I would go look it up. Um, but also, from what I've learned, that started during the you know understood. colonization of India that was brought over because, like, the white people would take uh, you know sex slaves. So wait, hold on. How much time do you want? You don't want to dedicate talking about pedophilia? Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Uh... Um, enough let's move on okay. enough let's move on yeah. I was gonna mention the Catholic Church yeah, yeah I mean that's from oh. the Romans I see alright yeah. let's do the intro oh <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even done the intro right. <laughs> well that this that part was just to make people uncomfortable oh yay <laughs> yes yay, yes yes we wanted to confront them with the realities of oh, like damn Pedophilia <laughs> is a western yeah. invention I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Or it has a lot stronger roots because like Western we live in America and culture. that's what exists in America. Yeah, I guess that was a really good example of how to make people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the heat wave thank you for listening so yes we're gonna talk about the shit show that happened at the multicultural center okay and for the ones that don't know i i I, I I highly doubt that that you don't know but um well, maybe if you're in California, you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, hey. listen, so listeners out of state, <laughs> all of our out of state listeners. Uh, so what happened? Uh, basically, the multicultural. I'll go through the multicultural center history first. Uh, the multicultural center is um, basically a room in the third floor of the student pavilion, which is a new building here on campus, which was obtained by you know basically nagging the shit out of the administration to give us one because they closed the original one down in 2012 or 14. So was that, that um, at the student 12. resources? Yeah, it was It was at the student resource uh, oh. place um, and there was a multicultural center there, but then uh, Michael Crow came in and then he was like, you know, uh, you know, colorblind, I don't see color. <laughs> and so they closed it down. Um, so uh, I, in 2016, uh, the Multicultural Center Coalition was began, uh, and we're part of it, Mecha, and, and uh, a bunch of other, like, a bunch of other, the other clubs on campus are part of it, 
Um, and that was led by um, Sarah, which is one of the persons in the video. Uh, and uh, so basically that's that begun and then they started having they had like this huge proposal like 90 pages or like a bunch of pages hundreds of pages proposal for the a asu because you know they wanted something you know a proposal or whatever and they try to make it you know as as detailed as possible uh ton of meetings tons of protests a uh, bunch of bullshit like that you know and eventually they gave us the the center um and sarah and uh i forgot the the other girl's name um, uh, Masani. Masani. Uh, they were chilling out at the at the at the center, right? Because they had just opened. And they, they had, they had a meeting. Open. They had a meeting. Yeah, they had just had a meeting. And these two guys came in uh, wearing uh, what? One of them was wearing a um, well, fucking did not vote for Biden shirt, right? Yeah. Uh, Bass Pro Shop hat. Uh, I love mentioning that because it's funny. Uh, <laughs> Bass Pro Shop uh, yeah. is Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A, a stuff, police and, then, slice matter. and then a police slice matter sticker on the left, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, from what we heard, that they had been instigating them, you know, like, you know, like saying, "Hey, what's up?" Because uh, they kept looking over by because of the sticker, you know, and they kept moving the sticker that way. And stuff. They kept adjusting yeah, the laptop, adjusting the laptop to show them the sticker, etc. So they started like. They, felt, they started filming, and then they were like, hey, can you, like, leave because your sticker is making people uncomfortable in here, you know? And uh, they they like, hey, can, we're asking you to leave because of your sticker, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, and then the video kind of escalated from there. Yeah. Uh, they started like, oh, you're kicking me out because I'm white. Uh, and white's then, not a culture. And then they were like, why, mm, why, why yeah. is not a culture? And they're like, no, it's not a culture. Uh, you fucking dumbass. Anyway, <laughs> they did not say that though. They didn't say that, right? They were way, not, way, is, way uh, too paraphrase. respectful. They were way more respectful. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, they, you know, they should have been kicked out, not said yeah. nothing. Um, not but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that video got picked up. They posted it online, you know, on their Instagram, and that video got picked up by uh, by some right wing TikTok and. Um, it's called liberal TikToks. Yeah, on liberal Twitter. TikToks, and then uh, a bunch of Twitter accounts, big uh, right wing Twitter accounts, and then you know I got posted all over Reddit, uh, <clears throat> and now like ASU's uh, investigating Mas Mastani and Sarah, um, and they might be punished because of it, uh, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, obviously, they're literally getting instigated. Yeah, they, they've been gotten. They, they've been getting like uh, fucking lynching threats and death threats and shit like constantly and rape ever threats. since. Yeah, and rape threats. And a lot since. of hella racist shit. Yeah, as but well. like every single time they post is like the comments are filled with racism. Yeah, yeah. Um, calling them superhumans too. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. They have a. So that's a what happened. Page. Yes. And. And well, this is probably this is speculation. It's okay. it's reasonable speculation, but there there's like um, there's some you know theories or allegations, big quotes um, that it was probably instigated by Project Veritas. And um, for the ones that don't know what Project Veritas is, it's basically just this this right wing organization that just wants to just um, provoke people, provoke people that are liberals provoke people that are just left wing left adjacent in order just to uh like 
make these viral clips viral um these viral uh short videos they, they do that to just delegitimize and make these these left-wingers look like sjw's and <laughs> so um yeah it while it's not confirmed it's very much it makes lots of sense if um these people are part of project veritas because literally that motherfucker with the bass pro shop hat which i i talk shit up on in the in the chat um that guy doesn't even go to asu the other guy he's like he's very interconnected with um with the with the uh i don't know what republican club here there's two they're they're both bullshit and fucking hella fascist like but um regardless um yeah if it's if it's project veritas that means that literally right-wing organizations are going into our campus start stirring up shit making supposedly making asu look bad and now asu is blaming sara and mastani to for all of their bullshit which is like what the fuck they like they choose a type yeah like they 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 are and they're 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 standing in this situation is very much personified of what the multicultural solidarity coalition is fighting against they're very much they're trying to create a space for people that are that are excluded in asu and well these motherfuckers are um are trying to remove that it's literally a space and it like it's like the location they purposely asu made it purposely in the third floor of the student pavilion so no one knows about it if you know about it you know about it you go there but yeah it's not just a random study room hell no it is it is so inconvenient like you have to go up flights of stairs or <laughs> it you is getting to... fucking convenient <laughs> yeah, yeah. ASU deliberately places these very, quote unquote, subversive. Well, they are subversive. I like it that subversive, mm-hmm. but um, they make these subversive spaces inaccessible as much as possible to the public. Because what do you want? Do you do? You, does ASU really want people that um, that talk shit about ASU that uncover all the shit that ASU does constantly? Do they really want to give them a voice? Of course not. Of course not. And that is what ASU is doing. It's just it just says a lot that ASU is freaking the fuck out that we're gonna have a presentation talking about the the fascist threat on campus. It just it just shows a lot. Like, um, if if these motherfuckers made a presentation about oh the threat of communism on campus. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be freaking out. They're just gonna be like, "Oh, we're just talking about these, whatever." But now that we're talking about the root of the issue, which is ASU, they're freaking the fuck out. They're 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 talking to the administration. They're doing this and that. Like like it's it's what they're yes, they what they're talking about is basically capital personified and. What is fascism at the end of the day? Preservation of capital. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just decided to go off. Like, yeah. Well, I was thinking it's a threat to them because making people aware that there is, like, fascism on campus, that makes you uncomfortable, right? You know, like, that exists in your school. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, like, hurts their brand. And yeah, for sure. to make money. For sure. Like, now, now people are, like, like, I just, when I thought that, Whenever I hear that, oh, ASU basically minimized the situation to a simple disagreement between two different people, that's that's just like... That's the story they want to tell. That's the story they want to tell in order to make themselves look as best as possible. Mm-hmm. Because if they side with these, these racist-ass motherfuckers, they're going to look like a racist institution. And all the liberals are going to be like, oh, what? Why? siding with them i don't know about that and if um they side with with us then well it's gonna hurt their money yeah it's gonna look it's gonna make them look bad like to the investors to all the the capitalist class all the people with money so yeah that's why they gave this bullshit this bullshit response of a simple disagreement do you saw the um when the black coalition did the hearing at the Multicultural Center on Thursday? I wasn't present, but... Well, me and Diego were there. Were there. Yeah. 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 What What did you guys see from that um, town hall? Well, the, the administration was there. They didn't say shit. Uh, they didn't say shit. Didn't, like, didn't, uh, uh, didn't the, like, the dean of students say that, um, oh, we're hearing you? Yeah, we're hearing you. Oh, uh, she stood up to say that she was just there to hear you, and that's what she was going to do. So she said, like, no, I don't want to say Sarah, Like, after that, they started investigating Sarah and Miss Tony. Yeah. After she stated, like, all the difficulties that Evie is going on her life because of these events, especially her family getting harassed, and she receiving, like, direct threats. And she was providing literally, like, good resources of, uh, to people to, in case you get harassed, in case you get dogs like that. Yeah. Uh, what you should do and like uh, what way you should go to like blog and like blog numbers and like change your address and all of these things that she had to do yeah um and they were just telling call the police call the police call the police <laughs> oh call the police God. the whole time it was so uncomfortable every time they mentioned that it was kind of ironic it was fucking ironic it was disgusting. wait wait so the admin said call the police they said that the best option was to call the police what yeah. did people think about it people were just quiet they were like okay Okay. Yeah, because the situation came out of the the guys in the multicultural center brandishing the police lives matter sticker. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's kind of traumatic when it's like the solution to your problem and you call the police. Yeah. yeah. Especially when one of the staff members that said that was a black man, it was like really diminishing to hear that. When he stayed as one of the resources to help students that are passing through these kind of harassments. That is not a resource at all. And also, Sarah mentioned that it's been reported to the police and the police have not communicated to the ASU police department here. As they say it was going to do, uh, like, nothing is going on, so they really don't have any resources. Yeah. Yeah, and some other people stand up to talk to and give their opinions. Some other people were, like, siding a little bit towards, like, talking about their own kind of oppression instead of focusing um, the problem like uh, that is happening with the harassment of these two black women that I think that is must it is worse because they're black it is way worse because they're black because people really do not give a fuck about black people not even other people of color because as you see in the video 
somebody else that was a person of color sided with the two white boys saying like they were just bothering you need yeah. to leave them alone yeah so i some other black person stand up and they were saying like we need to focus on this as a black issue and you all need to like stop siding uh going away from the conversation that we're trying to focus here mm-hmm. um that was cool that was good but somebody else also stand up to give a very liberal opinion this person was like native and black and they uh, begin their conversation saying as a person color that is native and black i understand and this is a very difficult opinion to voice uh, for me but then they went to say that we were um like uh taking away the first amendment rights by uh telling them what they can and cannot express there and then they so sad and were like and i feel so sorry about the stuff that are happening to you and sarah was like no you don't no you do not feel sorry because i'm receiving these threats right threats kidnap threats and you're still this is still your opinion with those facts that you already know so you do not feel sorry please do not say that to me and that person then like step outside to cry like most of the time was really distracting but that has uh, that has a lot of conversation around that a specific, a specific person and I think that was a distraction that you should have been shutting down and taken out of the room to be honest because that it invested too much time on conversation that didn't, didn't need to be had and um, I think the most important opinions in that room were from black people and I think those are the answers that the uh, faculty should focus on mm-hmm. and, but they will not because they really didn't give a fuck and also of um, some people that identify as disabled people, they gave their opinion and they give a really good example about discrimination because they are the ones that face the most of disabled people in this institution. Mm-hmm. And they were siding with that this need to be focused on black people by giving their example as disabled people, how they've been treated by not, not giving accommodations and also being harassed by other students and those a harassment being reported and nothing being done about it and saying that all the resources that the faculty was offering during the hearing were fake mm-hmm. so i think the faculty wasn't doing nothing they were just there to do a performative kind of uh presence yeah. the black coalition was trying their best to get everybody's opinion and being respectful they should have been more uh strong perhaps on the people they that they were letting talk I don't think it was managed as um, strict as you have. Maybe Sarah should be the one that were like telling people uh, who could speak because some of those people's like, opinions were just like very sci-fi, you know? Yeah. yeah, I think you cannot really control that that much in this kind of situation, I guess. But it was um, it was just an example that the only people that care about people of color are people of color. Mm-hmm. literally and the people talking like the people just listening in there i feel like they were just feeling sad and uncomfortable that the answers of the faculty were none and that technically was like we don't really care about you so we're not gonna do nothing and we're gonna put the blame on you if necessary yeah. that was the result of it but that's what happened at the hearing do you have any other things today well, I was thinking this got a lot of coverage, like nationally, not just in Arizona. 
how many like what was the like the outcome of that event were there a lot of people there it was a lot of people in the room it was full it was filled it was filled with people wow. and it was um it was broadcast too on black collision instagram yeah. and twitter i think reddit too i do agree with that i guess i was just getting mad at the outcome of no answer but yeah, uh, it was good to like uh, attract people to the conversation. And also one of our members uh, stand up there and talk about how this is an issue that cannot be just passed under the rug and that we need to keep uh, fighting against this racist institution as ASU is um, next week and next month and next year and keep talking about it and not let it die. So that was a really good thing that happened. And that catch a lot of people's attention because everybody was just focused in that moment. So I guess it's good to bring awareness and like to bring people of color together. But the institution is just making it more difficult because they see them together. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that this one moment got a lot of attention. And I know like a lot of it is like on like right wing people framing it as, oh, they're trying to exclude white people from places at universities. But you make everybody uncomfortable. <laughs> Nobody else can have no culture unless it's the closest to white, so the fuck you want me to do? But, yeah, I was wondering, like, why did this, this one moment get so much attention? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, I, it's I been, like, a are... slow news. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> There's just not much happening? I don't know. And I guess just um, I guess right-wing media just needed more um, red meat to mm-hmm. work with because this is definitely, this definitely like helps right-wing propaganda so much. Like they just make, because they're milking it. They're, they're milking, milking it. it. They obviously have their, their running headline of critical race theory. And now that. Yeah, it probably, it probably coincides with the critical race theory stuff, so, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they, they had just gotten over the, the fucking uh, audit report that had come out, so they 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 weren't looking at that no more. So they need something new, I think. Yeah, well, because it reinforces like the belief that white people are being threatened yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. They call it white genocide. White genocide. White like, genocide. Yeah. My homie, you crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Well, what do we do about that? About what? About what? Like, people people seeing it in that light? Or... I mean, I... Are we gonna... Think, I personally think it doesn't matter. Uh, these people want to see it that way because... It benefits uh, them. The... Uh, what's it called? They're in, like, uh, mostly a class of people that it's mostly business owners and shit um, that don't want... Um, fucking, they're like basically benefiting from uh, you know, racism and shit, right? Mm-hmm. So like they don't want uh, when they see like um that uh like racism is being taught about in school and stuff, they see that as a threat to like their way of their life, their yeah, livelihood. their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's true. It's actually true. They it is a threat to their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, you know, there. I don't think there's gonna be anything that we could do about like that reaction from that section of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
they're literally gonna be like the brown shirts you know what i'm saying like the fascist people in germany and shit they're literally the nazis you know they're, they're like the pre the pre-step to the nazis you know because um, a lot of them are like just like in the nazis veterans small mm-hmm. business owners and shit like that you know petit bourgeois yeah, yeah, yeah. the people the petit bourgeois and like you see it too like when you look at the demographics of the people that did the um, the capital raid they were petit yeah, bourgeois they were petit bourgeois by and large like they like half of them were petit bourgeois and like the other half was like fucking military ex-cop you know which is literally the same thing to like the well, they have, like, similar roles. Yeah, society. similar roles, yeah. I wanted to bring up a podcast that I was um, assigned to listen to. It was called The Fairer Sense, Women, Money, and the Fight to Break Even. And in the podcast, it talked about what you were saying, like, what can we do, right, mm-hmm. to break this, this cycle. And it pretty much said that in surveys... Um, Americans overestimate how easy it is to climb the ladder and Europeans underestimate it of how easy it is to climb the, the ladder of social economic, right? So you're born in a certain ladder and you, you're going to stay there. You might climb one more step, but you're not going to go that much farther, right? So, and in the study, they saw that conservatives that were opposing that view that were like, no, what are you talking about? American dream. Like if you work hard, you'll get there. So it showed that among them, conservatives that believed it was hard to climb the ladder did not push any harder for policies to help fix the inequality, perhaps because they think the policy makers would watch the job. So even the conservatives that believed about this ladder theory, they still wouldn't push for policies to fix it. And they were like, oh, they're going to botch the jobs. And then so that leaded that led to another statement where it said the research says that giving conservatives information is not likely to work. Instead, the politicians have to show this group what they can do to be effective. So it's like, even if they know all the information, they're still not going to change their way. Yeah. Even if the politicians show that uh, it can be effective, they're not going to like it. Because uh, it's not about what they think. Like, it's not about, like, uh, like what their ideas are. Like, it's not nothing to do with that. It's like, literally, that their lives are dependent on their being racism and their being a lower class of people. And if... Uh, what they see as people uh, of this lower class moving up, that literally means that they're going to be worse off. Um, so, like, there's a lot of that research where, like, they do service and stuff, and, like, oh, you know, you know, if there was a, like, if they, they give, like, a, you know, if uh, if we could give uh, black people, um, you know, uh, certain things. Like policy changes. Policy yeah, like policy changes, changes right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and those would benefit you too. It, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. they don't want that. They don't want those policies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, uh, because it's not based on. It's not like uh, it doesn't advance their position. Yeah, it doesn't. Ba- it doesn't advance their class position. Mm-hmm. You know, it literally can't. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, I feel like maybe this won't mm, sway that side to what this situation came, but maybe mm-hmm. it'll sway. Um, the minorities to stick together and kind of like see what's going on and to, for them to be informed, I think. All right. What should students do regarding this whole situation? Students, I think uh, that, I don't know, they should join Mecha. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, 
Yeah. yeah. Metro or some organization. Because, uh, yeah, or one of the organizations you should join. Um, that's part of the MSC. Yeah, the part, that's part of the Multicultural Senate Coalition. Preferably Metro or SFS <laughs> are, are um, students for Palestine. Or Metro. Or Metro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because, uh, yeah, individual actions are not going to do shit, right? Like, uh, you have to be organized. We live in a society. We live in a society. I keep telling people that. <laughs> <laughs> they think they live by themselves, and nothing they that they, they do will affect yourself. everybody impossible. else. Literally impossible. Yeah. We could go out in the desert. Isn't that a billion people? <laughs> I mean, we could leave society. No, you can't. I mean, you can. How? You're going to pay rent. You have the skills to survive out there? Well, not me. Not you. <laughs> okay. I'm not the guy. <laughs> yeah, we're not... Um, you can't live society by, like, unless you participate in society enough, you know? Yeah, we're not... You have to participate yeah. until you have a surplus. I think being a nomad yeah, is kind of privilege. Yeah, hella. It's hella privilege. Uh, before to do it. Yeah, it's definitely hella privilege. Like, I, li- I got in a fight with this guy on, on YouTube. Uh, that has a podcast called uh, Rasa Stand. Uh, he's a he has a Rasa Stand. Rasa Stand. It's like uh, it's like a podcast that he does from like uh, California, uh-huh. and he's a UCLA graduate, I think. Uh-huh. He, he's a history degree. Uh, I don't know if he's in. I think he. I, I he might have a master's or a PhD. I don't know, but dude is not very. <laughs> uh, smart, I I think. Uh, anyway, he was preaching at a. He gave the history of like um, revolution, like the Mexican Revolution, and uh, mm-hmm. he was talking about like, oh, who's it? Re- who was the revolution really for? You know, if like uh, Criollos retained power and all the other shit. And I was like, oh yeah, dude. Uh, I was listening to the podcast, right? Like the whole like our. First hour was him going through the history, yeah. and I was like, "Oh yeah, man, I remember a lot of this stuff from my classes in Mexico, etc." You know, writing comments, and then it gets to the end, and he's like, "So like, he's like, so yeah, like you know, it turns out like you know, like I don't like he was saying that like he doesn't want to be a martyr anymore, and that like um, uh, that um, that his ancestors, you know, they fought and stuff, but it was all in vain uh, because they they they." they they didn't retain power or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, bro, you're like looking at it all wrong, man. Like, dude, you're not gonna like. He thinks that he he uh, he was talking about like, oh, you know, you get you can only take care of yourself. Like, you can only really take care of yourself, and you can't really yeah. like uh, what's it called? Uh, rely on other people because they're always gonna let you down because they have their own problems to deal with, you know. And I was like, that's like the complete opposite of what like uh, is actually true, you know. <laughs> uh, I was. Um, well, basically, he was like preaching the you know, uh, Sigma male grind set type, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he oh was my like, God. you know, if you you know, if you if you, you work uh, hard, if you work hard, you know, you gotta put, you know, I gotta I gotta take care of myself first before I take everybody <laughs> take care of anybody else, you know. So I gotta build up my wealth. They said, you know, shit like that that he was saying, you know. I'm like, oh my God, dude, I've heard this for like twenty years, and people are still broke. You know, <laughs> you're still broke saying the same shit. Uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're like saying some bullshit. Like, and uh, yeah, so I was fighting with him about that. The American dream fallacy. Yeah, yeah. People got lack of empathy because it's strange when you, since you're little. It's stupid. Um, <laughs> it's the education system, I keep saying. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know, and like uh, when you had get in arguments on like people, like, 
will put words in your mouth like constantly. I'm like, dude, go read what I said again. I didn't say that. <laughs> and then I'll just like quote myself. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way. Okay, read it again. <laughs> critical critical thinking is not their strong suit yeah. for sure. Definitely. Well, because they don't teach critical thinking. They teach they teach some other bullshit. You know? Memorizing. Nah, they don't even memorize shit. Then people don't know anything. Parroting authority. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. They teach you to be scared to read. Oh, yeah. That is true. That is not how you're that supposed to read. That is not how you're they supposed to read. They teach you how to be scared of reading. Do you guys mean because of the censorship or why? Nah, they, like, no. literally people don't like reading. You need to read this. This is how you pronounce this word. Have you never, like... You went to school? These people be yelling at you. It's the hella tricky to learn how to read. I fucking yeah. hated it. I no, yeah. cutting that part. Definitely. Like, it's not a good system. It's not to educate you. It's to train you to be able to stand up eight hours and go to work and produce money for the higher people. And that's it. They don't. They do not really have a base to have people to be successful to sustain mentally and physically themselves and live in community that is not the training that we're getting and that's the training that we're needing well back to what ASU students should be doing I think it's important that they should pay attention to the situation what's happening with the Sara and Mastani especially like the like the death threats they're receiving and like the harassment and uh, like the investigation that's ongoing with them like they honestly don't deserve to deal with this mm-hmm. yeah it's true very true definitely alright what are the final thoughts y'all got about this whole day of recording? <laughs> Man, it's been a long day. <laughs> um, I'm tired. You're tired? But I like the conversations about making people comfortable and how to do it. That was, that was I think, that was fruitful. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, providing, um, no, I don't know. Wait, somebody else don't go that part. <clears throat> I'm going to say I don't really have any closing thoughts. Um, the interview was really good with Alexia, um, especially talking about like. Well, I, I guess it a lot of it revolves around the ASU, you know, like the gentrification and like the MSC stuff. Uh, so ASU is the fucking devil. Yeah, ASU is the fucking <laughs> the devil. Sun the sun devil. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, huh? Yeah. Everything that inspired you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess my thing is to pay attention to like the the suffering of everyone going around you because they're trying to cover that up. People mm-hmm. want to piggybacking on that. My concluding thoughts definitely would be to start looking with that with your mind, not just your eyes. Really start paying attention and open your mind just a tiny bit to maybe there's something bigger going on around your circle. And I know it can be hard, but there's people that need voices and if you're listening to this podcast i have a feeling that you want to be heard and you're feeling the same way and i feel like we're, we're, we can create this community where we can be the voice and yeah let's see. definitely do you want to plug in the uh the community garden yes sure we <clears throat> we got corn yo we got actual physical corn. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. We're <laughs> working really hard on this garden. We're actually working on it today as well. We already have uh, two members of Mecha going this afternoon and two other volunteers for the day. Yeah. We're trying to clear up as much as we can from the roots of the weeds. We're really getting in there. If you want to come, just 
come with some gloves, my homie, and get prepared to get dirty. But and boots. And boots. Yes. Yes. Uh, mistakes being made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we're definitely having progress, and we would love to have you coming on and learning about how to produce your own food, how to work with the community, and, you know, it's a nice way to keep active without having to deal with gym people. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. And if you want more information about the garden, just check out Mecha de Asio on Instagram. And if you want to hit us up more and stay updated to um, all the all the whereabouts that we're doing as an organization, feel free to check us out also on Twitter and Instagram at Mecha de Asio. And you'll also get updates on this podcast. So, um, yeah. That's all, everybody. The struggle continues. Venceremos. 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 Venceremos.
The children, they'll be, they'll watch. They'll check the archives. The archives. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, what is this? <laughs> <laughs>